0: You heard this week, COVID-19 has almost hit 5,000 cases. Have you heard the news? Does anyone care about the news? We do care. It's affecting some of us, right? It's affecting our families and friends and people we know. But here's the deal. Jesus Christ is still on his throne. Amen? Amen? We do. We are concerned. We do pray. We do take precautions. We physically separate. I like calling socially distancing because we shouldn't be socially away from each other because we still need to communicate and talk and people have needs human touch is one of the primary things that god's given to us uh, for each other and and so we don't want to actually social distancing is the wrong uh, message i think i think it's physical distancing is what we actually do is separate so if i sneeze or spit on you i'm glad to see the front rows are empty today if i might have a message i might spit a little bit more than normal have you ever seen a pastor spit? You ever seen the little dry fluff that comes off a pastor when he's preaching? I mean, it's getting good, okay? So, Wendy brought me a bottle of water so I wouldn't fluff as much this morning. But uh, uh, this message today is a good one. And, and, and it's, uh, I think every message is a good one. But God's using the Word of God. Hopefully, He's transforming your life as we go through the book of Acts, that you can see that God was at work. Every time there was a need, God provided. Every time there was a call to order that God had something to do, and God made the way plain. Now, there was hardships. There was beatings. Uh, there was people turning against people. And we can look back at history and say, listen, what a terrible people these people were. And we can even look back in the Old Testament. Look at the, look at the Jews or the Hebrews when they came out, the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. God gave them everything. He gave them everything if they would just follow his instructions. He would give them land of milk and honey. A promised land he promised that to them even when they were in disobedience and they were disobeying God he didn't let their flip-flops wear out all those years walking in the desert could you imagine having the same pair of shoes for 40 years now some of you guys might have the same pair of shoes you ladies might have 40,000 pairs of shoes right so anybody have the same shoes they had in high school just go if you're out of high school Joni still got yours how I kill. I, I I already got you. They're, they're bronzed and laid up on the, your mama bronzed. We bronze shoes, right? But think about God letting their garments and shoes not wear out for 40 years. That's a God who can keep. Is that, is that not who we serve? But yet they were just We said, what terrible people God provided and such hard heads. And even this past week, we've seen people marched up on the Capitol. And boy, there's been people, if you read the news, there's people then saying, it's the worst day in American history. Listen, don't amen that because it's not the worst day in American history. And some of the people that are inside, comparing it to Pearl Harbor, it's not the same as Pearl Harbor. And some people are going down and complaining, listen, this is it a terrible thing? Yes, as a veteran, that insulted me, as an American, that insulted me what happened, what people did this past week. But I gotta tell you, this whole summer's been insulting me, what people have been doing to each other all summer long. As a matter of fact, the last 50 years I've been alive, it's insulting what people do to people. The worst day that we can actually mark, I can you say, "Well, are there are any worst days in American history, I, yes. How about the day we approved killing babies? Back in the 70s, Americans, those same legislators that sit in that place and say, we've been threatened at our own place, signed legislation in law to kill babies that are threatened in their mother's womb. That should bring us to our knees And yeah, that, that was bad what happened last week. But it's worse what's happening this weekend. And the ones that are now in charge have made a commitment to kill more babies. And they want to use your money and my money to do it. Those are bad days ahead. And listen, God is not set up in heaven saying, oh my goodness, look at those Americans. God's bringing judgment. And listen, those abortions, and if you've ever had an abortion, God will forgive you. He does forgive, he's a God who forgives, just so you know, FYI. But abortion is murder. And God does not want you to do that. That is a worst day when one of his greatest creations is killed in the mother's womb. When the the womb becomes the tomb, God forbid, that's a terrible day in American history. Yes, they took over a house this week and then of course there was lives lost. It was awful, but nothing compared to the 60 million that we've already killed, that we have set by and allowed to happen. I think this week, whatever side you think you've read about or, and I, I put something, check yourself and check your sources because we, we just spew out what other people are saying and we watch what we see on the news and we see pictures and y'all know, it used to be said, a picture's worth how many words? A thousand words. And a video is worth a thousand pictures, right? And now a text message is worth a thousand videos because someone says it, therefore it is true. We talk about people's character. Do y'all know any politician personally that's in the Senate or the House? Do you, do, are you friends with them and that you eat with them on a regular basis? On a weekly basis, do you have dinner with any Senator or House of Representative, Representative? Anybody in the room? Have you spoken as if you knew them this week? Has anybody had dinner with President Trump or Biden? Vice President-elect Biden? Anybody had dinner with them? Have you spoken about them this week as if you know them? Because people are speaking like they know them. And when people say, President Trump this, or President-elect Biden this, it makes me sarcastically laugh inside saying, you're such a fool. You don't know them. You don't know what they have to say behind the scenes. We don't, and you, Listen, we don't really know each other, do we? How do we get to know each other? By spending time together. But you can be married. I know people who have been married 40 years and get a divorce, and you still don't know that person. So we must be careful. Listen, let, let God speak on your behalf. Don't come to the place that you speak on someone else's behalf. That's just a public service announcement from the good Lord, right? He says speak evil of no one right? Don't bring your opinion to the, to the table and say, well, here's what I think. Everybody has an opinion, ladies and gentlemen, and we come to the place, we can lose our witness over our stinking opinion. When you share your opinion, you could say, well, somebody said, I thought you were a Christian. There's a sign, people marching up the steps of the Capitol with a big sign that says, Jesus saves. Did you see the picture? What a poor witness to those who might be on the right on the border, as Kristen talked this morning, of accepting Jesus Christ, going, if that's what Christians do, I want no part of it. That's a poor witness. Listen, let me challenge you today, be a witness for Jesus Christ. Paul here, he, we're talking about becoming a center of gospel influence, Paul in chapter 19. We are gonna put it in reverse and get the whole first 10 verses, but I'm gonna go quickly through the first seven so we can get the snapshot of what Paul's into. And by the way, even some of our own Southern Baptist leadership this week espoused some foolish conversations. Now I believe in holding them accountable because they speak on our behalf, because they speak for Southern Baptists. They don't speak for me today. Uh, what they said this week, but uh, I'm going to ask for some of them's job this week. I'm going to get a petition up so they need to be not in office if they can't speak for Jesus Christ. They talked about the Trump leadership and they talked about what's coming in. Listen, here's the deal: we don't know what's, we we don't know everything. Is that true? But you know who was in charge when when Paul was writing? What what leadership was in charge? Some soft pansies were in charge when Paul was writing all his stuff that says, i I'm, I'm found a way to be content. Let me tell you who was in charge. Nero was in charge. He set Christians on fire. He would have his men dip them in oil and light his gardens with humans just so he could actually insult and kill the Christians. We don't have it bad today, church. You might be struggling a little bit, but you don't have it under persecution like the first century Christians So please, I'm going to beg you on behalf of of the Lord Jesus Christ, on the sake of the name of Jesus Christ, if you have an opinion that is not a godly opinion, please don't share it. Write it on some toilet paper and flush it down the toilet. That way you can express yourself. That's about what it's worth. Amen? It insults the kingdom of God. It insults the king of kings. When we share an opinion that will actually tear down people instead of lift people up. So again... And we have extra rolls of toilet paper if you need to write that much at church. Acts chapter 19. Let's read together verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And this is southern Turkey. So you get to, if you want to see today's geographic location, this is where he is. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, and this is, again, if you don't understand all of this, Go back and listen to last week's message. His apostolic hands. When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues or other languages they did not learn, haven't learned, and prophesied. Now the men were about, how many in your Bible says? About 12. And when he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God, but when some were hardened and did not believe... But spoke evil of the way before the multitude. He departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Let's pray a blessing on the reading of God's word today. Father God, as we read Your word, would You take it and actually speak it to our hearts? Those that are us that are Christians, that Father, we would hear this and heed. Lord, we must be preaching the gospel in the good times and in the bad. And Father, for those who are playing in the middle of the road, Lord, would you heat the flame that's inside of them that they might be convicted and actually, Lord, get on a hot trail for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, for those that are lost today, that this is new stuff, new territory for them, new words for them. I pray, Lord, today that you would actually use these words that Paul preached, that Paul taught, that you gave them inspiration to say, Lord, to actually bring glory to you and they would receive salvation. Have your will, have your way. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Go to your notes if you would. I want to show you a couple of things. We need, we're going to flip-flop, hold your Bible. You're going to turn to a couple of, uh, passages of Scripture. But I want you to see that first paragraph I wrote. Through every trial, experience and encounter, the Apostles Paul, Paul's faith grew. He saw God's hand move when life was good and when life was bad. Have you ever had those days, life being good? These, man, everything, nothing can get better than today. Today was a sweet day. I got to do this, this, and this, whatever that is for you, and life is good. But then life turns, and there's bad things that happen. Is that true? Paul learned to be content in all circumstances, he said in Philippians when he was telling to the church at Philippi. Go there with me, if you would, just for a second, just so you can actually see, because sometimes we can read... Some of these verses by themselves, we see that Paul was traveling to Ephesus. And you, it just sounds like it's a, he's just on a pony ride, and he's just making a stop here and there like we would if we were on a cross-country tour. Paul was huffing in at a cross, and he was struggling for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And look what he says in Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned to be whatever state I am in, to be content. I know how to be abased. That means to have nothing. And I know how to abound. That means having riches. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says this, which gets taken out of context so many times in America. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then he says, when he comes back, he goes on and he commends the Philippian church. He tells them, listen, how good God is. That's where we actually see the 19, he says, Listen, I want you to know, my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory. Do we have need today? We said we have needs. We want to make it plural. That is true. We do have needs today, but He's talking about needs, so need can actually fit into needs. Is that true? All your need according to His what? Riches and glory. Let me ask you a question. We're here together. We're friends today, and people are watching by live stream. Do you believe that God can meet all of your need according to His riches and glory? If you say, well, I struggle. Okay, well, that's, 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 that's understandable. Well, I'm going through some hard times and my finances are really in a bad shape. Okay, I understand that. My question to you this morning, you need to solidify and put in your heart that this, this is going to be locked into your heart forever. Can God, the God of the universe, can he provide all of your need according to his riches and glory? Yes or no? So in those good times, what did Paul lean on? He leaned on his understanding knowing that God was going to provide. In the bad times, who did he lean on? God, he knew in these bad times, hey, this is just for a season. I'm going to lean in on God and God's going to make a way because he's my provider. And if he doesn't, guess what? I'm still going to bless him. If he kills me, like Job says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. We've got to come to that place that so we have a true understanding of the God that we serve. He's not just some old man up in heaven flipping switches so that things might happen here and things in Washington out of his control and things in China out of his control. Nothing's out of his control. But we made some choices back in the garden. Our grandfather Adam and our grandmother Eve made some choices back in the garden. And they forever brought sin raining down on you and me. They chose to follow the prince of this air, this world, instead of God the Father, the King of kings. When they did, they sinned against God. God made a way. The Bible says he made a way before the foundations of the earth. But that everyone who called call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Paul, when he went from church to church, from place to place, he went preaching the good news that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and that he was buried, and he rose again. Do you know the number one thing that he fought against the Jews? The Jews like, yeah, we know a Messiah's coming. Okay, we hear a Messiah. Oh, whoa. He died on a tree. Well, I can't have a God who got, the Bible says, cursed is the man who dies on a tree. I can't serve a God who was hung on a tree, on a cross. And then, The good news was there's no more offerings to be made. Well, wait a minute. I've gotten to the habit. Our fathers told us we have to do these traditions. We have to kill the lamb. Our fathers told us all these things we have to do. They didn't want to give up their church traditions, y'all. You know people like that today? I know this is probably not biblical, but this is what we've always done. You ever been in a church like that? And if we're not careful, we can pick up those same habits at Town Creek Baptist Church. This is the way we've always done it, so therefore, why would we change? Here we see a snapshot of the church at Ephesus beginning. How's Paul beginning? He's preaching. He's preaching. We know we go back and look. Multitudes were saved. Multitudes were saved. The church is growing. Paul's now going back and strengthening the church, giving them, listen, this is more doctrine. Let me give you more fuel. Big words. He's giving them Bible words. Have you ever heard churches today say, listen, we don't want all that Bible talk. We want to make it so the average man can learn and come in here and just be loved. Well, church, this is not a place just to learn and be loved, even though we want you to learn and be loved. you understand? This is the place we come to meet with God. This is kind of the place we come to worship the one true holy God. Yes. The Bible says, by the way, no one seeks after God, no, not one. You say, well, I got a friend who's seeking after God. No, they're not. If they are, God's a liar. He said, wait a minute, I, I need to process that. Let's start again. If the word of God says no one seeks after God, no, not one, and you tell me you got a friend or family member who's seeking after God, something's wrong. Either God was wrong in his word or that person's not seeking after God. They might tell you they want a relationship with you. Oh, they'll hedge their bets with you and say, yeah, oh yeah, I'd love to have some of that too because I get your good stuff when I come, right? I, I want to come to church next week with you. Aren't y'all having homecoming, right? Aren't y'all having revival? Aren't y'all eating at church? right? They'll want the free fun stuff, the stuff that sounds good. And we do it at churches. Oh, we'll get you in here. Oh, free food. Hey, free food for everybody. Come to church. Oh, I like that music when it sounds more like the barroom music. You know what I'm talking about? It's got that beat to it. That's the music I like. Okay. We're going we're gonna to dim the lights. Hey, matter of fact, go ahead and dim the lights. Melissa, if you would, dim, let's dim the lights. And we're going to make it set because like, this person likes the bar room. So we're going to make it more like the bar room. Okay. I'll go ahead and cut my lights off too, because it's not good to have one person that can, we're all in this thing together, right? And then we're going to crank up the music. We're going to, oh, those windows show too much light. Next week, I'm going to get the deacons to black out all the windows, right? And I think we're going to hang a, a, a strobe right here in the middle, just so we feel comfortable. Do you all understand? Turn the lights back on if you would. I don't care how comfortable you are or not, right? If it's freezing, the heat didn't work this morning, or myself, this applies to me. We're not going to come and cater a service to you. We're coming to worship the one true God. We'll do our very best to make the heat on. Isn't that right, Mr. Derek? We'll do our very best to turn the air conditioning on. Uh, We want to actually have light because the Bible says God is light. If we look so much like the world, what happens? The world, we become the world. We water everything down so much that nobody can tell who's on first, what's on second. We've come to the place today, listen, we want to be like Paul. When Paul walked into a place, yes, I know you got the traditions of man. You are my brothers. You're my Jewish brothers. But let me tell you something. The Messiah has come. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on a cross. He was buried, and three days later he rose again. You must receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. And when you do, you follow through in believer's baptism to demonstrate to everyone that he is now your rabbi, teacher, Savior, and you live for him the rest of the days of your life. That's what Paul preached everywhere he went. So he's preaching to this church at Ephesus. If you go take a snap peep now, go look at the other Polaroids. You ever have those old raggedy Polaroids? We never, now they're coming back for some reason. Why, well, I don't know. Kids like them today because we went into a thrift store over at, uh, on, on the north side and we had our whole school we went in. They were building projects and one of the girls picked up a, a Polaroid camera and said, Pastor what is this thing? i like, I said, flip that switch, a little college, i tried try to explain. She goes, oh, these are the new ones that are coming out. I guess there's a little micro ones that are coming out, and now they've got the full size. This was last year. But she didn't know what a Polaroid camera was. It was hilarious. Thought it'd be a good collector's item. And now they're cost a fortune to get Polaroid. People are paying a fortune for them. Y'all listen, you take a Polaroid of the church at Ephesus, when Paul gets there and preaches the word, people are saved. What do they do? Can they still study the Old Testament? Because they're Jews. They have the Old Testament scriptures, right? They don't have the Bible we have today yet. It's being formed. So they study that. The, the, what did God say about the Messiah? What did God say? What did the prophet Micah say? What did, these actually, what did they say that he was coming? He was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They start putting the pieces together and find out, actually, this is actually true. Go to Revelation 2 as a side note. We're not doing this morning, but go look at that Polaroid. The Lord Jesus commends the church at Ephesus. Hey, you have strong doctrine. You know your stuff, church. Church, like, yeah, that's right. That's us, right? Church at Ephesus, big E, that's us. He goes, I commend you that you don't go with the wicked ones, the Nicolaitans. You you don't follow their ways. You guys are doing good, church. Can you imagine Jesus ever giving us, uh, Town Creek, y'all doing good on this. Town Creek, you're doing good on that. And where'd they learn their doctrine from? Where'd they get the good doctrine from? Right here. We're on the front end of the church starting, and then Revelation's on the back end of the church when the church, Jesus Christ is speaking to the church. He said, but there's one thing that you lack. You've lost your love, your love for the Savior. Oh, you can do church good, and you, you preach the scriptures good, but you do it out of traditions of men versus love for the Savior. Let me ask you today, those of us in the church, when we play an instrument, when we rock a baby, we pray a prayer, we serve, we print bulletins, we do everything that we do, do we do it because of this is what I got to do, this is what Sunday morning is, this is the way it's always been, so therefore I got to keep doing everything we've always done. Or we do it, we show up this morning because we love Jesus. I want to get the word out because I love Jesus. I want you to sing songs because we love Jesus. This could be the day that he returns. Why, what motivates you to do what you're doing? Listen, if Ephesus was going to become this very center of gospel influence, which it did, it had to come back and say, wait a minute, stop the presses. What are we doing what we're doing for? Why, we had to ask questions ever so often. We do that here. What's the purpose of the church? Why are we doing what we're doing? When I first got here, so many people would come off and say, Pastor, you're the new pastor. What's the vision of? Your, what's your vision for the church? I don't have one. If you' all been here the whole time, you know, I've said that. Well, pastor, I have a vision for the church. I don't. I just got here. But God has a vision for his church. Amen? Amen? And this is God's church, so let's just take the Bible and see what God says about the church. No church should have, well, we're here to seek, serve, and share Jesus Christ. That's what we say. But some churches say, we're here to, we're here to grow and go, No, whatever it is. We all have these cliche things. We say, but we, we're here to serve the king of kings and bring him glory. That's what we're here for. Watch what Paul says. When Paul arrived in Ephesus, God had prepared 12 hearts ready to receive the gospel. These 12 disciples that you read about, Paul says, who are you baptized in the name of? And baptism doesn't save you, but baptism tells you who you follow. I was baptized in the name of Jesus, so guess who I follow? Jesus Christ. I wasn't baptized in the name of my pastor. I wasn't baptized in the name of of a family member. I was baptized in the name of Jesus. Jesus is my Savior, therefore I follow him. When I publicly announce that, when I'm going underwater in front of people, everybody that knows me says, weren't you baptized at at Emmanuel Baptist Church? And I would say, yes, I was baptized in the name of Jesus. I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Who's my Savior? Jesus. Come to the place. This is what Paul did. We know what Paul's MO was. Everywhere he went, Paul never changed. That's why I say last week, whenever people say, well, the doctor's laying on hands, and when did I watch that uh, that church saying, y'all come and start speaking just gibberish. Okay, you got it, sister. Okay, you got it. You got it. Church, if it's Holy Spirit given, a man can't give it to you you understand? It's got to be Holy Spirit given. If it was Holy Spirit given in the Old Testament or New Testament, it's got to be Holy Spirit given in, the, in today in the church. A man can't give you no matter how much money you give, how many words you say, how much you want to work up the energy to do it, you can't get it unless the Holy Spirit wants to give it to you. He's got to draw you to himself. Now, you say, well, my friend is seeking God. Well, I guarantee the Lord's already brought them through some weather. Is that true? God's already brought them through some trouble so that uh, they've heard the word and now they're going, wait a minute, I need to process this and and do something with this. So God always speaks first. No one can come to the father, Jesus said, unless the father draws him to himself. So how do we actually get, well, pastor, my good friend and my family member, how do I get them to Jesus? You ready for the answer? You ready to write it down? How do I get my lost friend, family member, y'all write it down, get ready to write it down. It's complex, it's a four letter word. P-R-A-Y, you pray. Well, I've been praying for years. Okay, the way you just said that, not in faith. You pray believing. Pray is an action word that God actually wants you on your knees before the Lord, saying, listen, Lord, I can't go to heaven without my aunt so-and-so, my friend so-and-so, whoever it might be. Lord, please save their soul. Then you'll see the movement of heaven come to them. Listen, come to the place, and God starts working on hearts. Hearts are softened. Circumstances change, and you'll find that person saved, and we'll see them in the baptismal waters sometime at their church or in a, in a swimming pool or a pond or somewhere because God changed their heart and their life. Everywhere Paul went, you'll see Paul, he prayed, Lord, please, I don't. Listen, when I'm going to Ephesus, this wasn't Paul's normal. Y'all go back and think just a little bit a few years back. Who was Paul? He was a Pharisee. He was rolling in the cash. He had the finest donkey of anyone in town, right? He persecuted the church. He was a man of Let's say he came come to the place and kissed the ring. He was in a place of respect. Everybody knew his name when he walked into town. Everyone bowed down and got out of Paul's way when Paul rolled in because Paul had authority. Paul had great riches. And Paul had letters from the high ups that he could do whatever he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. So don't come to the place that you seek prestige. That's what Paul had before the church. He said, that's what he said. I, can, I know what it's like to have a lot. I've had a lot in my life, but I know what it's like to have nothing. But in all things, because of Jesus, I can be content. Can you be content today? Are you breaking your neck to get more and more and more? We're striving like never before. We're slaves to the work many times to get that extra new car, that extra new whatever. And I'm, I'm not bashing new cars because we're looking for one right now right it is something that that happens you need but God said he'll supply all of your need according to his riches and glory look at this these new disciples they come to the place they were baptized in the name of Jesus not in the name of Paul remember this they were baptized in the name of Jesus these new disciples followed Paul and they began to hear and see the mighty works of God what we talked about last week where did Paul find these disciples they were in the town of Ephesus this is true But where would he find them? Down by the river praying if there was no synagogue. Well, guess what we find out in town. There's a what? A synagogue. So more than likely, Paul rolled up on the the teaching area and said, hey, whose name were you baptized in? Do you guys receive the Holy Spirit? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you. He shares with them. I'm sure he went back and took the Old Testament scriptures, expanded to them and told them about the love of Jesus. He was the Messiah. And lo and behold, they believed him. And they follow him. Watch this. Paul continued his ministry to those who attended the synagogue. Here's a key word, church. We've got to get this down today. He spoke boldly with those listening for three months. Three months. If he did it daily, three months, how long how many sermons was that he possibly preached? Potentially. Thirty days. Let's give him thirty days each. You say, What month was it? I don't know. Let's just this a guess. He potentially preached what? Up to he would have taken some days off maybe, but let's just say you preach every day. He would have preached 90 messages to these people. It could have been nine. It could have been 90. We don't, we're not told. We just know he spent three months with them. You think he just come in there, and then preach and leave? No. Paul loved to eat. Paul loved to fellowship with the people. And he would talk about, listen, do you know what the scripture says? Let's pull up that scroll. Let me show you what Isaiah 53 was talking about. And he would expound the scriptures. We know this is actually what Paul did throughout all the letters that he wrote. He told the church how they should live. He spoke boldly with those listening for three months. Paul preached Jesus crucified, buried, and resurrected. Amen? And then he tells the Corinthian church, you can look at, let's go look at 1 Corinthians if you would. Just for, this is great to mark. If you ever mark your Bible, you can't mark a better spot in your Bible than this passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. This is, if you want to know what Paul preached. Now, if you don't care, then don't turn. Just sit there and look at me and wait. Wait, okay. Crickets. Are you at 1 Corinthians 15? Say amen. He says this. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. And what is the gospel, church? So that we get this clear, what is the gospel? We know this as the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again, and he's alive forevermore. We know the good news is everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. We know that is the gospel, true? So he says, listen, he does this, he preaches the gospel. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, but which also you are saved if, church, listen, this is for you and me. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Some have died. After that, he was seen by James. And then by all the apostles. And then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. That's what Paul preached. Everywhere he went, when you see the word gospel, he preached the good news. You're a sinner. Jesus Christ is a Savior. Our Savior died on the cross for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Every sinner needs a Savior. And there's only one Savior for every sinner, and his name is Jesus. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, Paul writes later, will be saved. Everyone calls upon the name of the Lord. You have to come to the place of asking him, Lord, forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Forgive me and come into my life. And when you tell him that, it could be through fear, but it's also got to be through faith that you trust him. And then he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that good news, church? Paul, good to you know, Paul persuaded some concerning things of the kingdom of God. He used the wisdom given to him by God. Paul preached from the Old Testament scriptures. You, this is proof that you can take the Old Testament and preach Jesus. Where do we first find Jesus in the Old Testament? Well, we know that John 1 says that everything was created, was created by him. Nothing was made that was made that he didn't make. So where do we find Jesus? We find him in Genesis 1.1. Where do we find Jesus also? We find him as the seed that's coming, seed of Eve, that's coming to destroy the head of Satan. We see him promised all throughout scripture everything in the bible says he is coming and then when the new testament says he has come he has died he was buried he rose again and now we look at the scriptures today we say he's coming again Amen. amen he's coming he has come he's coming again this is where we live today this is where the we call it the church age if you will but i just call it the time waiting on jesus right this sunday we're seven days closer than we were last Sunday. He preached to them the kingdom of God. When unbelief hardened their hearts of some, they turned to their wicked ways and spoke evil of Jesus, Paul, and the church. Is that happening today? Are people speaking evil of the church? Are they speaking evil of the name of Jesus Christ? There's even commercials now, y'all. Have you seen the Muslim commercials saying even the Quran talks about Jesus? It's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's kind of like having a Daffy Duck cartoon comic book and says, well, they mentioned Jesus in there. He's a figure in Daffy Duck. Don't make a hill of beans. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. Is that true? Only the Jesus of the Bible is the one who can save. Only Jesus of the Bible is the real Jesus Christ. Is the Savior of the world. That would have been two amens right there. Good. When unbelief hardened the hearts of some, they turned to their wicked ways and spoke evil of Jesus. Church, if they speak evil of you today because of his namesake, Jesus said, blessed are you. Blessed are you. It doesn't feel good, does it? But Jesus said, blessed are you. But if they speak ill of you because you say, I'm a Christian, a Christ follower, and then you go out and curse like the world, you act like the world, you get stressed out like the world, you act like everyone else, that's not a blessing from God. That's on you but if they make fun of you, they mock you because you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, you're doing the very best you can with God's help. You're walking through day by day with the Lord Jesus Christ and they mock you and they persecute you, and make fun of you, then just receive it as a blessing. Just say thank you. You say, well, Pastor, it, feels, it makes me feel socially unaccepted. So <laughs> they hung Jesus naked on a cross. Anybody? You want to take his place? He was socially not accepted. He didn't say, come, I've come that you might have life and be socially accepted. He said, I've come that you might have life and life abundant. Amen? Amen. Everlasting life is what he came to give us. He told his disciples, if they hated me, they surely would hate you, if they hated me first. Paul and his disciples, what did they do? Whenever persecution came, when they started getting being opposed, Paul and his disciples separated from the synagogue. They went away. They didn't get caught up in the matters of religion. They just pulled back. And who went with him? We know there's at least 12 other disciples there. So there's 13 of them together that pulled back. They moved away from the synagogue. Well, what are they going to do now, Lord? Everything's been taken from us, Lord. I can't believe this is what we do today, isn't it? We cry like babies. Lord, you took this and this. I thought I've spent 14 years doing this, and now you're going to take it from me. And what's the Lord saying? That's right. That's right. I, that was, that's what I called you to do then. Now I've got something else for you to do. People talk to me on a regular basis. Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know the will of God in my life, okay? Let's find the will of God. Well, I I, I got this job opportunity. I got this, yeah, I'm gonna marry or date this person. What should I do? Keep doing what you did until God says, change. Keep doing the same thing God called you to do until he says, now, he'll make it very evident. When you come to a fork in the road, listen, we see the fork and God sees the path forward. He already knows down the road what's going to happen. So when you come to that forking road, yes, he'll let you come to that place of decision-making. And you say, Lord, what do I do? Do I go this way or do I go this way? And what he wants us to do is wait upon him. You might be standing here going, I don't know what to do. And I've got to make a decision by Monday. 12 o'clock, I've got to make a decision. Lord, and I don't know. What to do. do I go that way or do I go that way? Monday comes around. And it's just about time. 1155, right? And you got to make a decision at 12. And God says, Listen, I want you to go that way, right? We see this. This is my two options. And sometimes God will just surprise us and bring a whole nother thing in our life that says, uh, I want I don't want you to do either one of those things. I want you to go do this way. When you wait upon the Lord, when you set before the Lord, He will make your paths what? The Bible says, Straight, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight, church. Paul come to that place. He knew, the, he knew what the Proverbs said, he knew what the Psalm says. So when he comes to the place, where do I go, Lord? Do I go to Ephesus or do I go to Corinth? I want to go to Asia. Y'all remember a few chapters back, we were reading Paul's like, I'm going to Asia. And the Lord said, You're not going to Asia. And then Paul comes back and says, I'm going to Asia. And the Holy Spirit says, You're not going to Asia. And Paul didn't get to go to Asia. You can imagine how we would do. But I want y'all to see this, church. Look at this. Let's see what happens. This is God's way of doing it, not Paul's way of doing it. God opened a door, a wide door of opportunity, he talks about later, for Paul to preach daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This platform opened the door for the gospel to spread throughout all of, guess where? Asia. This is where the high rollers would come in and speak. This is where the orators would come in and speak, and they would expound upon the Greek way, and they would tell you about the philosophies of life, and people would come and pay to come hear them speak. And sometimes the speakers would pay. It's like a modern-day concert today. The people that I like, I'm going to go pay to hear. So Paul was given his door of opportunity. Whether this man was a Jew or a Greek, we don't know. The school of Tyrannus— not many people know much about it, if you do research on it. But it was a lecture hall. It was a place to speak. The people of the Greek background would come in and say, look, I just want to hear a good word today. And guess what word they heard every time Paul was there? They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they would get into some discussion. And I don't know if they serve bad church coffee like we do, right? Just the, the, the cheap church coffee is what we call it. But they sit down and talk with each other. For two years. And we'll guess who's with him. If you notice who pulled back out, look at the to the scripture. Go back to your book of Acts, if you would. I want you to see who's with him. Verse 9, chapter 19. But when some, uh, some were hardened and did not believe, but uh, spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew whom? Look what your Bible says. Who did bring with him? The disciples. Who were those disciples that we know of? It's the 12 that he baptized, or they were baptized in the name of Jesus, plus the ones, if you've got to get back up, who else was it? Go back up to verse 8. And he went into the synagogue, spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading, concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened, some were hardened, but guess what that means? Some were not. So he had the original 12, and now he had some of the some. How many is that? We don't know, and it don't matter. Because he's got some of the some, and he's got the 12. And whenever there's a fight going on in the place, guess what he did? We're amongst unbelievers anyway, brothers. Let's pull out. Brothers and sisters, let's come over here. And guess what he did? He planted a church. He started something new, a work of God in the school of Tyrannus. He came to the place, his doors were open. And how long did he stay there? Look what your Bible says. How long did he stay? The school of Tyrannus became Paul's headquarters for two years. Two years. How much could you learn from the Apostle Paul in two years? Could you imagine soaking it up, sitting in under his teaching, like, my, 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 my word. And this man speaks like he's speaking directly for God, because he did. He was under the influence constantly, wasn't he? He was filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching and teaching for two years. And it's gonna, out of this is going to come that strong doctrinal church that Jesus talks to in Revelation, saying, listen, uh, you guys got everything right, but... You don't love Jesus like you used to. You've left your first love. Church, I want us to be careful. Listen, we get so excited. I get excited about this saying, listen, look at what Paul, he's planting churches. I'm getting excited that the church is growing, but I also know the backside saying, don't let the church get out of control that we actually are so strict. We had all the good stuff. We know the Bible. This is a Bible preaching, teaching church, and we lost love for our neighbors and love for each other. Can a church get like that? We have text proof that the church can get like that. It's our human nature to turn it in on us. What I want, what I deserve. He hurt my feelings. She said something to me that was ugly, and I'm not going back to that church. You need to be a bridge builder. Is that true? Build a bridge and then get over it. Amen? For the sake of Christ, can you not forgive your brothers and sisters, those of us that have committed our life to Christ? I was sharing with Adrian some time ago. I went into a group of ministers and I was the only, I won't tell you the, the brothers, but uh, I was the only white preacher in the, in the group. They invited me to come. And if they watch by, this, this is a God fact, so if they watch by Facebook, I was invited in. I got there early and set up, I helped set up, can I help set up? In a, where do I sit? I don't want to sit in someone's chair. Because, you know, sometimes in a meeting you have order. And so the meeting went on and went on and went on. And, and I said, uh, they kept saying, we got to help our people. We gotta help our people. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And this is a network of Christians helping Christians. I was so excited. Well, I kept listening and it didn't sound that way. And they were a different race than me. And I happened to say, uh, they, they told me I could ask questions and I was ignorant enough to ask a question. And I said, are you talking about Christians? Or are you talking about people of your race? Because we're all the human race, right? Y'all know me, I, there's one race, right? But they were different skin color. You talking about people of your skin color? We've got to hire people just of our skin color. We've got to do things with the only people of our skin color. We've got to elect people of our, our skin color. That's what I, I didn't, I was, I was not sure what they were saying. They just kept saying our people. Again, raised me I said, Are you talking about Christians or people of your skin color? They're like, Brother, it's complicated. I said, oh, yeah, I'm, It's complicated. That's why I'm asking a question. You said I could ask. the president said I could ask a question and I have a question because I was so interested in hooking up with these brothers and, and, and saying finally God has opened a door window of opportunity for us in the community of Aiken, South Carolina to break down some stinking barriers and get on with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was so excited about that, my opportunity and so I asked the question again. I said I need an answer before I leave this building and I need an answer in front of all y'all. Are y'all talking about God's people, doing business with God's people, electing Christians to office, doing business with Christians. Are y'all talking about that? And then the lady beside me, she hit me, she goes, no. We talking only about doing business with our people, people of our skin color. Snap my heart in half. Because if you listen, and I said this, and I should, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should, I did. Okay, it doesn't matter, I did. I said, if God is your father and he's my father, you should love me, a white brother, more than you love someone that's not saved of your own skin color. I am closer to you than they are, right? When you accept Jesus Christ, I accept Jesus Christ. And so let's say, just for example, our fathers, not Christians, our earthly fathers aren't Christians. You should love me more than you love your earthly father. Because we're going to live for, now, not more, but the same. You have a connection with me now. We have a blood covenant between us. You are my brother. You're my sister. When I walk out of town, if you have a need, I'm here to provide your need. Yes. If I have excess, I'm going to call you first because, listen, the church took care of the church, Amen. and then they went into the community. If you go back and look, you say, well, I don't believe that. Go back and read your Bible. You don't know your Bible. How'd the first fight start? Right, the apostles, listen, you're feeding the Jewish widows more than the Jewish Greek widows, but they were feeding inside the church. So they settled that issue, and then they never went out. Today, the church wants to go out there. We call it a social gospel. We've got to do everything out there, nothing for us. It's here and then there. You understand? It's take care of the church, the body of Christ, and then go there. That's true and undefiled religion. How do we take care of the fatherless and the widows and widowers? So we come to the place here that we take care of them first. It's in the house of God. It starts in the house of God, and then it goes to our world. Amen? That's what a gospel, center of gospel influence is. Watch what Paul turned this place into. The school of Tyrannus became Paul's headquarters for two years. Ephesus became a center of gospel influence to Jews and Gentiles all over the region. When they started at home, when they preached at home, when they helped each other at home, it couldn't help. The word got out. Listen, go down and listen to that crazy man, the apostle Paul at the school of Tyrannus. And people would go and they'd travel and would come, I want to hear Paul. They'd come in and hear Paul for two years and heard him preach. They got filled with the Holy Spirit because they received Jesus Christ. And then they went back to their region. They went back to Asia where Paul wanted to go. Remember, he can only be at one place at one time. But what happens when he multiplies disciples? Every time somebody comes in and gets saved, they go back to a different region in Asia. Guess what he's doing? They're preaching the gospel all over the region. What Paul had in his heart to do, God had in his heart to do. Paul had a desire to do it his way, and God said, no, we're going to do it my way. And when they did God's way, look at the results. You can look in your own Bible. When you do it God's way, church, guess what? You get God's results. Paul understood that. Do you understand that today? I know you might want to do something so desperately you can't help yourself. You just, I got to do this or break. Wait upon the Lord. When He gives you release to do it, do it. But when He gives you release, He's going to send people with you, He's going to send resources with you, He's going to do it His way and get His results. Like Paul, God's calling us to an impossible task today. Here's my question for you as we close up it's, it's hard. I know it's hard. Are you walking in your calling have you received the calling from god if you're a christian you've got a calling on your life are you walking in your calling are you letting everybody else do it and it's like on the interstate and everybody's just passing you you guys ever been to atlanta you ever drove 70 miles an hour to atlanta if you drive 70 going into atlanta you're going to get hit in the rear end right because everybody's moving that's the way it is in the church God has called us to full speed ahead. Let's go. And some of us said about, ah, Lord, I, just, I would if you just show me. Open the door. If you walked in this door this morning, listen to this preacher. and God has given you an opportunity to minister in his name in this world. It begins, if you're here at Town Creek, you can do it here today. You say, I don't know how. You haven't asked. You can't sit back with your arms crossed, warming the pews and hope that you're going to actually do something for the kingdom of God. You can't sit at home watching CNN or Fox News or some other cable channel thinking you're going to do something for the kingdom of God. Shut it off. Yeah, it's okay to watch the news, I guess, read the news. But you've got to shut it off occasionally and get on one-on-one with the Lord. You've got to walk outside and talk to the Lord. Then and only then when you talk to the Father, the Father will show you the way. You've got to spend time with the Father. Fulfilling God's plan in your life begins with submitting your heart to him. Here's the question I gave you. Have you given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? Do you know that you know that you know that you're saved? I've still heard foolish people say, I know I'm going to hell and I don't care. Not yet you don't. You're going to care. The flames of hell are real. Eternity is real. God's word doesn't lie. You're going to join the devil and his angels. You will fry in hell for the rest of your life. But here's the bad news. You can't die in hell. Hell's not an evil place, y'all. It was built as a boogeyman's place when I was growing up. Hell is the refining fire of God. It's the purifying fire of God. You can choose the pure blood of Jesus Christ to take your sins away, or you could actually settle yourself in the purifiers of hell to burn forever to pay the debt that you'll never pay off. But you'll have the new body in hell. You can't die. It's torment forever. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. I don't want to process it. Because you know what? I know that I know that I know that I'm saved because I'm going to glory because of the blood of Jesus Christ. My faith is in him. He said it, I believe it. Listen, I'm settled with him. I'm settled with God. Have you given your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Last question, are you willing to do whatever he asks of you? Are you, re- are you willing? Paul, listen, gave up great riches to go do what God called him to do. He commanded him to do it. For some reason, we got so much money today that we block, we put, that money gets in our way. We have good houses, we have nice cars, we have things that block us, that keep us from doing the will of God. I'm asking you, listen, this morning, are you willing to do whatever it takes to follow God? Lay it down. If he means going bankrupt, to be a base, like Paul said, or even to the place of your riches, he wants you to start dealing them out. Giving them to those in need. Church, let me, let me tell you, it starts in the church house of God. This is where it starts first. Using your talent, your resources, your calling here. And listen, just like the church in the school of Tyrannus, when Paul was preaching here, people were coming in here and they went out there. That's the way it works at Town Creek. You come in here and you get filled up and hopefully you're going out there to work and you're sharing it. you're going to the school and you're sharing it you're reproducing what God's called us to do this is not the school it's around us, this is just a building on 250 Town Creek Road but we're coming together to get equipped to say listen my God can supply all of my need according to his riches and glory, I trust him I believe him and I'm going to go out and tell the whole world trust him and believe him I'm going to preach Jesus Christ died on the cross Jesus Christ was buried and Jesus Christ rose again, if you get tired of hearing that something's wrong with your heart these people that got mad in the synagogue their hearts got hardened the bible says and they got tired of hearing about it just in three weeks or three months but the other disciples are like give me some more i want to be more like jesus more more like jesus give me some more for two years they heard it we're going to see here shortly some funny next week listen next next week's scripture if you read ahead it's like a comic book it's hilarious it's not it's not funny but it's so funny and you can't help but laugh it just if you read ahead next week You'll giggle in your belly if you read it for what happened. I, I, I'm a visual person. Imagine reading it. It's hilarious. Read ahead. But it's serious as well, and it's not funny, but it's, it is funny. <laughs> you just got to read ahead. But God's serious, and I want you to know, as serious as God is, oh, Satan, he's just as serious. He wants to take you away little by little. He never comes up and says, Eve, eat the whole fruit. Right? He just swallowed the whole fruit and choke and die. Is that what he said? God knows the day that you taste it. And that's the way you walk around like today. How many people are walking around with those devices in their hand? Just, just, a, little bit of, just a little bit of pictures, or just a little bit of word. Watching the screens, watching television, just, just a little bit. Let me, let me just peek, just the movie. Now, thank God the movie theater is just about shut down, right? But nobody's looking, it's late at night. Let me just watch a little bit. God saying, give that up. There should be something in your heart saying, give it away. Don't do that. Lord, help me be more and more like you. And we'll start throwing that stuff away. Listen, God bless you today. You, if you're in the sound of my voice, even listening live streaming, you have a calling on your life that God wants you to do something large, incredibly hard for him, and that's to live your whole life for him. But if you do it God's way, church, I'm telling you, based on his word, on his authority, you're gonna get his results. Let's pray together father god you had a high calling on all of our lives you didn't send your son the most precious gift of heaven to earth that we might play games with you lord you sent jesus that we might be saved and then we in turn with preachers and, and and ministers of the gospel to the whole world to our families to our workplaces to our schools online wherever we go lord help us we're just humans and we're americans we've been privileged For so long we we think we have our rights and we get caught up in the american way of life and like you told us a good soldier does not get entangled with the things of the world the politics of the world now god i know you called some to be in politics call more christians i pray we need righteous leadership but father day in and day out we're to be about the business of the king lord let us commit this morning As for me and my house, and as for me, we will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. Father, help us set everything else aside. Troubles, financial ills, health issues. Let us look through all that smoke and all those mirrors. Let us focus our gaze upon Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, let us commit, wherever he leads, I'll go. Whatever he commands me to do, I'll do. Because he's my Lord, he's my Savior, and I love him. We do love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.